Welcome to the panel, Heather Roy and Alan Blackman with me. Nice to be with you. Frustrated New Zealand trained migrant nurses are planning to leave the country because they cannot find an immediate path to residency. Just as the government tries to entice foreigners to fill thousands of jobs in hospitals, aged care and clinics, reports Jean Edwards for RNZ. Just nine nurses applied to come to the country in the four weeks of a new residency visa. There are around 4,000 nurse vacancies in the public health system. In May, the New Zealand Nurses Organisation said they were flabbergasted. They were left off a new straight-to-residence pathway that allows overseas doctors, scientists and engineers to apply for residents from September. Well, Navneet Kaur moved here from India in 2015, completed a Bachelor of Nursing and started a family here. Navneet, kia ora. Welcome to the panel. Kia ora. Um, thank you so much for giving me a chance to speak. It's a pleasure. So, look, tell us your story. Um, so, it was in the news this morning as well, but I'll just repeat myself. Um, I came to New Zealand in 2015 and on study visa. Um, at that time, I spent 20, 20 grand on my studies. Um, and further, uh, later on, I just started, um, decided to upskill myself and decided to study nursing because my, my background was uh, nursing. Back to India, I was a nurse. Um, so I decided to upskill myself here in New Zealand as well. Um, according to New Zealand um, guidelines, I have to do my uh, Bachelor's of Nursing um, to do my registration yes. and to work as a, a RN here. Um, so I, I spent three three years and sixty grand uh, on studies and to just gain gain the residency. Um, I started um, uh, Bachelor's of Nursing in 2018. And uh, when I was just about to finish my nursing in November 2021, they announced the immigration of New Zealand, announced the RE21 program in which um, there were three criteria, uh, which one one has to meet. A person to be eligible for the residency, one has to meet. There was a settled criteria. In the settled criteria, the person who is living more than three years can apply for the residency. Mm. Scarf lift, the work there is like critical, um, working in the critical Healthcare's on, and um, they they can apply for the residency. Skilled those um who and those who are, um, whose pay rate is above twenty seven, they can also apply for the residency. Okay. But um at that time we were on student visa. That's why we missed the RV twenty one. Otherwise we could have filled all that three criteria. So here, you've, so here you've spent um, $60,000 plus on yeah. your studies. You've studied here. Uh, you know, you, uh, your whanau's uh, based here. Your son born in Tauranga. Yeah. Would you rather stay in New Zealand? Absolutely. I, I love New Zealand. That's why I came here. Well, we've got I, a... I love to, yeah, I yeah. love to stay here. But at the moment, I am being forced to leave New Zealand as I... I said before. Well, we've got a panel with us. They might jump in with a question or so. Heather. Yeah, yeah, lots of questions really, but it it does uh, more of a comment really. There's something seriously wrong with our immigration settings, aren't there, when we're driving people who have paid to train here and are committed to staying uh, under the right circumstances when we're driving them away to places like particularly Australia and Canada. Um, and I have to agree, nurses should be on the straight-to-residence green list. I agree, uh, Because we've got, as you said, Wallace, 4,000 nurses short. 
the, our hospitals are in crisis situations and the rest homes are even uh, even yeah. worse. Worse, yeah. Mm. I agree. Stay there, Nivneet. We have it all over, Alan. Well, yeah, having a look down that green list and seeing the uh, sort of professions that are on there. So we've got uh, lots of engineers, so uh, IT people, surgeons, GPs, vets, environmental research scientists, and um, no nurses. And I totally agree with Heather. I mean, that should be, you know, first on the list. And, I mean, you, you, Nivneet, have been here for at least three years. You came here in 2015. You've yep. demonstrated your commitment, surely, to the country, and that is what the minister said, that this two-year sort of stand-down period is to uh, stop people just sort of coming in, getting residency, yeah. and then and then off they run. But you're not going to do that. You've been here. You've paid the money. You've put in the time. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, find, find your local MP and make some noise, I'd say. Yeah, and yeah. What, one thing that really struck me in the article that um, Sandeep was was uh, in this morning was that Minister Wood said that people needed to show a commitment to being in New Zealand. And how can you say that somebody like Sandeep, who has been here for a number oh, sorry, of years now... I'm sorry, it's not Sandeep, no, it's Navneet. Oh, sorry. Uh, and train, trained here, paid to train here. How yeah. can you say that, that, that she hasn't already yeah. shown significant commitment? It's been, yep. Yeah, it's been more than seven years, yeah. and... Um, Back to India, as I've said before, I was a nurse, and again, I was I'm trained here as a nurse. So there's no after spending three years plus that much money, I don't think so. I will, and anyone can leave their profession. It's my profession. It's my career. Yes. So I don't think so. Anyone can. It's not only me. I don't think so. Anyone can leave their profession. Navni, can I ask you what? So, what's next for you and your family? What's 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 now? Um, so um, as I said, it's been I'm waiting, waiting, and waiting because I was waiting um, that okay I was I finished my studies and I will gain the residency. I, I missed RB21. Then I was like, okay, SMC will open, which we don't know when it will open. Then they announced the green list and they um, advised us to wait for another two years. Um, oh, like for me, it's just wait, 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 and wait. And I don't know after two years what will happen. Thank you so much for being with us, Navneet yeah. Kiora. Thank you very much. That yeah. is Navneet Kaur. Moved here from India, completed a Bachelor of Nursing, 60 grand down, and um, looks like to be en route to Australia um, to yeah. have her career there with us. And listening to that is the New Zealand Nurses Organisation President Anne Daniels, also uh, an emergency department nurse, and welcome. Hello, how are you? Very well. Does Navneet's experience square with what you're also seeing and hearing. Absolutely. Um, since I've been president, I have absolutely heard from um, international qualified nurses or IQNs, as we call them, that um, the pathway to residency is a major barrier. And um, throughout COVID, the rules kept changing, and so the barriers kept getting bigger and bigger. But the actual commitment by these nurses, first, they leave their home country and their own families to come here. They come into a, a different country, and yes, sure, they've made that choice, and they know that New Zealand has got a lot to offer. But then they're actually made to jump through so many hoops. And I, you know, my, I take my hat off to them. 
Uh, how many people would um, commit to having $60,000 uh, debt to actually train here and uh, stay here to work, have their family here, and then still not have the um, legislation and the immigration rules, well, it's not legislation, it is immigration rules, change to actually support um, the retention of these nurses in this country when we dearly, dearly need them? It's um, just craziness. Uh, I'm absolutely on record when the green list came out um, of challenging uh, the list um, in terms of gender discrimination because it appeared to me and also to the midwives um, uh, spokespeople that it was very much a gender discrimination list and NZNO would definitely not consult it, which no. is just crazy because we represent over 55,000 nurses in New Zealand and those nurses actually represent the bulk of the workforce within the health system. I'll, um, so why, would, yeah. why wouldn't you have talked to us? I'll, I'll bring in the uh, our panellists. By the way, Navneet wants us to know that... Uh, um, they are moving to Australia, so that's it. The decision's done yeah. with and Farno there. Um, Minister Little has said it's never quoting it's never been easier for health workers to come and work in the health system. Do you think the government appreciates this predicament at its full extent? Well, one would have to question that absolutely, um, because the um, strategies that have been used by the government. Uh, seem to be very short-term, quick-fix um, ideas as opposed to looking at the long-term. And right now, um, I know that the four to 5,000 um, nurse vacancy number keeps getting bandied about, but when you um, compare us to Australia nurse per head of population, we're actually 21,000 nurses down. Mm. And that gives you some idea of the context of how hard uh, nurses are working in New Zealand and how exhausted and burnt out because we simply don't have comparative resources to do a safe job here. And so going back to retention, we absolutely need to keep these nurses here and we should be looking at every strategy, including reducing the barriers to um, retaining our IQNs okay. in New Zealand. Heather? Yeah, oh, look, I agree with everything that you've just said, Anne. And look, the thing that puzzles me is I wouldn't have thought it would be a Labour government that would find <laughs> itself in this situation. Now, how can a former head of New Zealand's largest union and Minister Health Minister Andrew Little and a former trade union lawyer and Minister Michael Wood have such a poor grip on the state of the workforce that they oversee. It just it, it, it's such a really puzzle. Need, they really need to talk to the New Zealand nurses organisation leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's been a terrible lack of consultation and decisions made, I think, in a in a in a void of information. But we've um, got a text here. I used to work with Navneet, such a beautiful soul, and yeah. uh, will be such a loss to lose her from. Uh, New Zealand, uh, Alan Blackman. <clears throat> yeah, and just a question. Um, so can Navneet go to either Australia or Canada now and get residency straight away in contrast to here with her? I'm, um, I'm not too sure of the residency rules, but I do understand that they are easier and simpler. Yeah. I have spoken to um, Fijian nurses who have diplomas um, but come over to here and because of the Nursing Council um, rules, um, diplomas are not accepted as um, for registration as a nurse. Right. 
so these nurses can go straight over to America, sit an exam, and bec- uh, start working as registered nurses. Good once grief. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, wow. So, you know, this is yet another strategy that we should be looking at. Um, because we've got our, our local Fijian nurses who are working as healthcare assistants in the uh, in the communities, and boy, do we need them! Yes. But you know, it's crazy. They're registered nurses in their own country, um, but they can't be in this country. So there's a, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. The other thing about immigration is that there's been huge barriers for the partners of our um, IQNs to come into the country. And um, that has also uh, led to nurses leaving because they haven't seen their partners for two plus years. Uh, it's just nuts. Just before you go, so you've got, uh, what do you got here? You um, Just nine, it was, I think it was August the 8th was the article in RNZ, just nine nurses had applied to come to the country in the four weeks of a new residency visa. Um, as I understand it, you need about 50 to 100 applications each month to address the shortage. Ooh. Uh, there's a bit of a short uh, gap there. Will you get there? Uh, well, yeah, this is a bit of an issue really with us, is that in, in New Zealand ha- has the highest reliance on IQNs in the OECD. Um, we absolutely outweigh everybody. And the reason for that is because we have not actually been supporting our um students to come into nursing and stay in nursing. We've got a one in three um, attrition rate uh, for student nurses on top of everything else. And Victoria just today has announced a huge package. um, Full fees paid, all costs, scholarships, you name it, they've they've, Mm. um, announced it. And a few weeks ago, we did call for a similar approach to be taken to grow our own in New Zealand but we have not had any real response from the ministry. So um, we do need to grow our own, but in the meantime, we need to keep those um, nurses here. And there's a lot of immigration rules that could easily be changed um, in the short term to actually make that happen. Nice to have you on, Anne. Kia ora. Thank you for your time. That's Anne Daniels, the, 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 New, Zealand organi- the New Zealand Nurses Organisation President. Also an ED nurse, and before that we had Navneet Kaur, um completed a Bachelor of Nursing here, started a family here, and is off to Australia. It's 22 past four, you are on the panel, Heather Roy and Alan Blackman with me. So, here we are again, another loss for the All Blacks. <laughs> Two wins, four losses so far this year. Good for Argentina though, their first ever win on New Zealand soil in the weekend. A stunning 25-18 victory in Autotahi Christchurch. Scott Robinson didn't see it. He wasn't there. He was holiday in Australia. And Mark Hinton writes that it's time to face some glaring facts around these historically poor All Blacks of Ian Foster's. This is not, this is just not a very good rugby team. So everyone's asking what happens now. So we thought we'd get Mark Hinton on. He's a senior sports journalist. That stuff. He's with us. Kia ora, Mark. Yeah, good afternoon. Is it just that simple? This is not a very good All Blacks rugby team. Well, it would appear not. Just when we thought things could not get any worse, what do they do? (laughs) They actually get worse. Um, Yeah, Uh, three tests in a row at home, these All Blacks have now lost. Look, in 119 years of playing international rugby, they've never done that before. This is a team 
reaching new lows of ineptitude, um, finding new ways to lose games. I mean, against Argentina, um, during the, uh, the last sort of 10 minutes when the All Blacks were pressing for a score to at least uh, draw the match, they lost three of their last four lineouts. Just incredibly, um, uh, you know, dispiritingly <laughs> poor play when the crunch came on. So, yes, this is a bad All Blacks team. Um, will they stay that way, I guess, is the yeah. question. Is there any hope? We, yeah, uh, well they, they can turn around in a year. Right, so the soul-searching continues for the national game, and it's not like we haven't been here before in a sense, you know, that uh, that that, that um, uh, some woeful performance. We had Laurie Maines on uh, a couple of weeks back, and he had a few poor, poor, poor performances as well. But what damage is this doing to the All Blacks' legacy, do you think, Mark? Well... Yeah, I mean, in the modern game, I guess, you know, we we wonder about these things like uh, legacy and awe right. and all these things. These are professional athletes, you know, they, they're trained to believe in themselves. So I'm not sure the All Blacks necessarily carry any advantage onto the field anymore, but they are certainly... They are certainly doing damage to that legacy, I guess, of, of achievement, of excellence. I mean, this is not a rugby team performing anywhere near excellent. Um, yeah, so that, uh, you know, at a time when they've just sold uh, off, um, basically a stake in themselves, because Silver Lake essentially have brought the All Blacks as the main uh, revenue earner for New Zealand for two hundred million dollars. Um, this is probably the worst timing that could happen. You've got to wonder what they're making of this, Wallace. Um, you know, they've just paid out huge money for a chunk of a team that can't seem to find a way to win. So yeah, there is damage being done, no doubt. To legacy, to aura, to all these things. I mean, when you're a team playing the All Blacks now, you you just do not fear them, as ah. I've seen it showed on Saturday night. Heather, oh look, I'm no rugby expert. In fact, I've got other favourite, more favourite sporting codes. But I do come back to the governance of of rugby New Zealand. You know, there's the saying in governance. I'm a professional director, so we talk a lot about the fish rotting from the head. And I would question right. the governance. You know, I think, in fact, if you were looking for a case study of how not to govern an organisation at the moment, you would go straight to the to Rugby New Zealand. Mm. But look, quite Big aside call. from that, <laughs> quite aside from that, let's support those who are doing really well. We talk often about not supporting female sports better. The Black yeah. Ferns defeated the Australian Wallaroos two days ago, and that the Adelaide Oval, 22-14. Um, and the later sevens round, New Zealand beat Fiji 28-21. Yeah. So why aren't we supporting and, and shouting from the rooftops the success stories? Give them the dosh, I say. Kia ora, Heather. But back <laughs> of the road. Stay there, stay there, Mark. Let's bring Alan in. <clears throat> um, well, I sort of see this as akin to, let's say, the all-whites going to Buenos Aires and playing the Argentinian football team and beating them there. Um, you know, this is a massive shot. I remember one of the first tests I ever went to was... Carisbrook in about 1989 it might have been, it was the All Blacks Argentina and um, the All Blacks won I think 60 points to 9 and I think John Gallagher scored 4 tries or something it was just a great game um, there weren't many people there but um, oh, I don't know, I mean you talked about Laurie Maines before and um, like he had a an, an Annis Horribilis I guess in he 1994, sure the year before the World Cup and then came the World Cup and he had the makings of a great all-black team. And um, John Hart took that over. And, and you know, they, they were brilliant. Just, but Foster, yeah. I, I don't know. Before we go, Mark, just one... Can you just one comment? That is, Heather's, the fish rots from the head. In terms of the board... Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's hard to see that New Zealand rugby um, has the leadership it really needs at the moment. The, this board has not just appointed 
Ian Foster, who I think it's been proven is, is just not up to the job. They don't not only appointed him, they've reappointed him, and then they've re reappointed him. So um, <laughs> there are some out there astute observers that might say they've made the same mistake three times, not once, not twice, but three times. But at and the same time, Mark, they've on. nobbled him along the way. Yeah, exactly. Hey, just before you go, Mark, um, someone says, I don't know if it's realistic or not, bring back Buck. <laughs> uh, well, at this stage, I would think anyone would do a better job than the incumbent, wouldn't they? So, yeah, why not, Buck? All right, Mark, you know, that's Mark into the senior sports journalist and stuff there. Um, mm, thank you for that. Bring back Buck, gosh. 28 past four. Now, the response uh, regarding this is, is extraordinary. Um how the heck do you... Look, I've got this um, jar of gherkins, and I'm not... Not that I'm weak. I do go to the gym every now and then, all right? So I can open... But this jar of gherkins is too much for me. Um, Wallace says, Linda, for stubborn jars, I turn the jar upside down and hold a steel knife between the rim and the mouth of the jar. Sometimes give the knife a little twist. It can break the seal. It usually works for me, but that sounds really dangerous. Uh, Michelle says... The best jar opener can be found at most supermarkets. It looks like a resin opener, bright colours. But for the real deal, we have none other than panel listener Dorothy. Hello, Dorothy. Hello, Wallace. All right. Your secret. Right. Now you take the jar of gherkins and hold it upside down so the lid is down. And you bang it Hold it firmly, bang it on the on the bench, the kitchen bench. Just give it a good bang. Mm-hmm. Not so hard that it's going to spin out of your hand, but nice, good, firm bang. And then turn it upside down and you should be able to loosen the, the, the lid. If it doesn't work the first time, because I know some of them can be very tightly on, just try another time. It's much safer because you're not, as you say, twisting a knife. Exactly. It might spin off cut you or, or or hitting something on an angle which might actually chip the glass because you're hitting it flat onto the bench it evens out the the the, the pressure and it releases the releases the pressure sound fair heather work for me it's worked for me for the last 60 or 70 years <laughs> i have seen other people doing that it does seem to work I, I go for the hot water first and then sort of take more extreme measures as i go on look wallace could yeah, you not just you buy another bottle water, you could, yeah <laughs> Keep going. These are going to have to be good, good gherkins on, yeah. by the time you get the bottle open, yeah. Wallace. Matured. No, 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 the gherkins will be absolutely fine. <laughs> thank you, Dorothy. <laughs> Voice of reason on the panel. <laughs> Dorothy, thank you for your wonderful comments there. So you, so you turn the jar upside down and you bang it. Not so much as to break the glass, but you see all this knife stuff that I'm getting through. This knife, it sounds very dangerous. <laughs> the, the panel, addressing you, you, the important well, you're issues. You're a professor, you should know this. Actually, no, that's more phys- you're a chemistry professor, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah, yes. So you wouldn't know about no, this. No, not a clue. Um, uh, Vonda and Timaru says, um, put some very hot, but not boiling water in the dish, enough to cover the lid. Put the jar upside down into the water, 10, 20 seconds, and it'll twist off easily, because guess what? Heat expands metal. Yeah. <laughs> so, Heather, right, you're right. I'm with that one. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for all your feedback on this and many other things. We are on the panel. You are with Alan Blackman and Heather Roy.